Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah, incredible time of worship. Well, I have a guest here with us this morning. I've been waiting for her to come on out and minister to us for quite some time. And I sit on a number of boards along with her. I have high, mad respect for her. There is no other pastor that I know in the area that embodies prayer like she does. She is someone that brings in a beautiful mix of supernatural and practical. She, in 1998, along with her husband, was called to plant a church in Sacramento. Two years into the work, her husband passed away. It was then shifted over to her in 2000. She took the reins and has been the senior pastor of that church ever since. They meet down on 46th Avenue and 46th Street. It's a church called This is Pentecost. There in that church, they serve thousands of people that are deeply in need, deeply in need not only of love, of honor, of respect, but also of food and resources. That I have watched this woman speak, I have watched this woman behind the doors, and she is always a woman of high character and a woman of God. Praise the Lord, she had an opportunity to get remarried. She married a gentleman by the name of Q. He was born on December 27th. That is important because, in my opinion, they opened up the greatest restaurant in Roseville called Q1227 over on Eureka. And if you've ever had an opportunity, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you need to go. All right, Q's in the house, he'll be watching, all right? And so I just want you to do a very warm welcome to Pastor Tamara Bennett. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Woo! Let's do this. Let's do this. Father, we praise you and we honor you because this is the day that you have made, and we're here to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, have thine own way in this place. Speak a word into our hearts and our minds that will transform us, that will lift up bow-down heads, that will encourage, discourage hearts. And above all, Father, teach us how to serve you better. And Father, we declare victory in this house in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. How many Jesus lovers do we have in the house today? Good. I'm in the right house. Um, I greet you with the love of Jesus Christ from uh, Sacramento um, as our dear brother. Let me just forgive the vernacular for saying it, but, you know, Pastor Lent, he's just a cool, dope dude. He is. He the dude. He just really is. We have served on many, many boards over the years. Um, he's always the straightforward guy. You know, what's the bottom line? Cut through the chase. Um, and we kind of have some similarities. So I'm grateful to be able to minister today. We've talked about doing a pastor swap for a minute, so uh, excuse him one Sunday to come to me on the south side of Sacramento. Is that all right? Y'all look like, not really, but okay. Um, <laughs> um, I appreciate the family that is with me. My husband is here. Stand up. This is my baby's daddy, my husband, my boo. Honey, stand up. Come on. Come on. Stand up. That's the dude. That's the dude. That's my dude. That's my dude. 
Um, and to the family of This is Pentecost that's here, thank you so much for uh, sacrificing and leaving your brothers and sisters behind to be here with me. I appreciate it. But above all, I'm not your cousin, I'm your sister. Because in the body of Christ, there's only one blood, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ, and he's made us brothers and sisters. I want to try to jump into the word. Um, I want to share something that is dear to my heart. He talked about, you know, just prayer and the things. And I, I kind of, I tell all my business, it's just that's the challenge about being a messenger of Jesus Christ is because your heart is to reach the people, and there's no better way to reaching the people, identifying with the people, than being relevant. Because uh, God chooses, um, they said, the, I think the son goes, uh, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Are. That's who we are. So um, I want to talk about um, what I call a sit, a sit in his presence. And the sit is actually an acronym for supplication, intercessory, or intercession and travail. These are stages of prayer that um, I've watched God and I've needed in my life and I've watched it in other people's lives. And it's stages of prayer that we all will always have cycles of life, cycles and stages of our life that we need prayer. What I, I try to dismiss in a soft way is I try to dismiss a thing called the ministry of prayer when the Bible said, I would that all men pray and not faint. So I choose not to really try to um, make it a ministry because then people act like you have to be called to prayer. If you have to be called or there's got, got to be this dove over your life or there's an anointing to pray. And I get those different things, but prayer is our conversation with God. And I don't need to be an expert to know how to DM somebody or to text somebody or to Facebook somebody. So I surely don't need to be an expert to talk to my king. Hallelujah. So it's our communication with him. It's how we stay in touch with him. So I'm going to talk about this thing called supplication. Supplication, and if you could work with me on the slides, and I've got it here, but supplication is that part of you that humbly talks to God. So supplication is about you. It is you humbling yourself before the Lord so that God can deal with you. I am a firm believer that we are the temple of God. And these four walls, 20 walls, whatever amount of walls are in this church, thank you for allowing us to come here and worship. But the world will not know Jesus by getting in this house. They will know him through us. We are the temple of God. And it's great to invite people and ask them to come and be a part of this experience. And I'm convinced the reason why the glory is greater in the house of God is because you got a whole lot of people bringing God. Because he's living in all of us. And that kind of gathering together of believers calling on the name of Jesus, it creates that environment which, by the way, give it up for the worship team. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did have a full face of makeup a few minutes ago, but uh, yeah, just a full worship. So that's what happens when believers come together because he lives in us. And so there's an identity that we all have when calling on the name of Jesus that I have nothing fit for the king, but I have a song. I have a voice to shout hallelujah. So that's how that atmosphere happens. But supplication is that means to keep the spirit living in us. Let me tell you something. I don't get it. I don't, I, don't, I don't get how I can be super anointed or have a super ministry and I have not stayed in touch with God in prayer. 
Prayer is the way that every ministry must be built. And so if you think about life, my brothers and sisters and people that are here, we're here of all ages, all stages. And here's the truth of the matter. What I needed from God at 20, I don't need him at this stage and age. And no, I'm not telling you how old I am, but I'm not 20. <laughs> my stage of life have changed we go from being single and happy lucky and doing whatever we want to do but then you get married as greater responsibilities then you have children as even more responsibilities then you have bills and etc and so our lives change and when our lives change we need God differently what we need as a teenager we don't need at 35 and what we need at 35, we don't need from him at 55. And so with that, that's these cycles of prayer. Supplication is when I'm saying to the Lord, this is something I'm, it's personal. It's personal, yeah. You know, <laughs> the thing about marriage is that, you know, you're single. And I tell our single people all the time, enjoy your singlehood. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your singlehood. Yes, it is phenomenal to be married, but now it's two people trying to become one, and that's challenging. Two different thoughts, two different histories, two different backgrounds attempting to be one. The Bible said that every man is right in his own eyes, but his neighbor come and findeth him out. We thought we were wonderful being single, and then we got married, and everything we thought that was wonderful keeps getting torn down. <laughs> and then you become wonderful in other areas. Because we change. So supplication is not the time that you're talking about your companion or you're talking about your boss. You're really trying to find out what is it about me. Because you called me and your hand is on me. And what I'm convinced is that being a child of the king, it's not my job to change people. It's my job to go to God for God to change me. Because some people may never change. And you will not waste tears or waste prayers, but if they never change, I am kind of being distracted when I could have gone to God about me. So supplication is when you're pouring out your soul to God about you. What do I need from you in this season, in this time? And it is very personal and it is very um, transparent. I have grown to be very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in prayer and telling God my business. It didn't happen overnight, but I've become very comfortable because I realize you already know me, you already see me, I can't hide from you. So instead of me doing all my business and posting it, I'd rather take it to you in prayer. Because the thing about God, he brings you out like a hero. That's what, and he don't tell your business. Don't tell your business. I remember this time in this season in my life, as I said, I tell my business, there was a season in my life that after my first husband passed, we had been married 13 years, we had no children, and after he passed, um, um, and I gotta be transparent, you know, we go through, we're married, you know, you know what that is, to come home to somebody, wake up to somebody, go to bed to somebody, and all of a sudden, I was alone. And it was interesting because, again, I started ministering right after that full-time, taking on the ministry, and so the presence of God was always very strong when I ministered. It was like the, all of the angels stood with me and stood by me and the anointing would be great but it was when I would go home Lord have mercy Jesus the nights were so dark I hated nighttime because now I'm alone 
and I feel my loneliness. And when I was used to going home to somebody and talking to somebody and sharing my day with somebody, when I used to cuddling up with somebody, there was nobody there. And so my nights were very, very dark, and I almost kind of sort of wanted to tell God, that's not fair. How are you standing before me in the presence of the people? And then when I go home, I have to deal with this darkness, and it's because we're flesh. And so the Lord said to me, as I was going into my prayer and my supplication, I'm talking to the Lord, Jesus, I need you to come close to me. I need you. And he said, hey, hey, let, let me just deal with this for a minute. True story. He said to me, he said, listen, I never left you because I'm spirit. Flesh left you. He said, I didn't leave you. I'm spirit, which is why I stand with you. Why I'm there, because I'm spirit. He said, but if you don't deal that flesh left you, Satan's going to trap you. So in other words, and just, okay, I'm transparent. In other words, I'm not going to tell you you're gorgeous. Oh, I like that outfit, and I'm definitely not hitting you on your butt. I'm, I'm not flesh. Okay, my sisters, you want, you, you're married. <laughs> You're used to that. You're used to the huggies. I'm not doing any of that. And you're going to have to deal that flesh left you. And so that changed my prayer. It caused me to want to take all of those affections and saying, Lord, I need you to hide me then. I need you to cover me. I was traveling all over the world. I started traveling with like almost 80 people. And they thought, oh, she's got such an entourage. It was like, yeah, no, actually, I'm just trying to keep myself with a whole lot of barriers. It put me in a place that I realized I can be vulnerable, that I can be weak, that I can fall. And all of us know that when you're giving your heart to Christ, there's nothing more um, it's gratifying to you that other than I'm trying to do it your way and yet my flesh is weak. I'm trying to do it your way, but I feel the temptations. I'm trying to do it your way. So I poured out my soul before the Lord and I began to pray unto him. So let's go to the word. In Psalms 119, and I'm doing the King James Version, don't judge me, just read it and get your own interpretation. Let my cry come near unto thee before thee, O Lord. He said, and then give me understanding according to thy word. And why do I need understanding according to thy word? Because your word is my measurement. I could do whatever I want to do, but your word have put principles and thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, but Father, your word and my will clashes sometime. I need y'all to tell the truth. Surely if it struggle for Paul, we're not as anointed as Paul, it can struggle for us. And so that's when you're taking it to God and you're saying to the Lord, this attitude or this disposition or this feeling or this temptation, I need you to deliver me according to thy word. For surely your word have said whom the son have set free is free indeed. He says, so let my supplication come before thee and Lord bring my deliverance, my standard up to your word. So that became my prayer and that became my supplication and that became my private prayer. That wasn't something that needed to be posted. I didn't need my BFF or my prayer partner to know my personal business and struggle what I needed to talk with God. Because flesh can't help what it takes the spirit and the anointing of God to do. 
And as the Lord would have it in his goodness, because he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, he sent me my handsome black man right there. Give God the praise. He heard my supplication. It was his will that I would marry again. I love the Lord because he's fair. happening right now. I love the Lord because he's fair. I love the Lord because he understands. Well, let's talk about that next, next stage of prayer and it's intercession. Intercession is the act of or inter, interpose in behalf when somebody is mediating for you. Something, somebody is taking up a difficult case for you, a trouble for you. Yes, I believe that we should have uh, intercessors in our ministry, and I believe that we should have prayer partners, but the truth is a natural intercessor can't do any more than the Spirit allows. They can't pick up your case any more than God will reveal. And so I have chosen to um, um, guard and, and empower the saints that it's good to have and understand that these are gifts in the body of Christ. But if I stand alone, who will intercede for me? If I'm alone, if I'm on my job and I'm going through something, I'm asking God, please don't let me cuss them out again. I need an intercessor. <laughs> I need something. I need something to help me. So the Bible says, here we go, in Romans, he said, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Shout hallelujah. For we know not what we should pray. We know not what we should pray, but the Spirit itself, the greatest intercessor we can have is the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit have been designated. Listen, it's been assigned to us and all of our cares. Thank you, Jesus. All of our infirmities, all of our struggles, all of our mishaps, the Holy Spirit have been assigned for you to win. And it never loses. And so when we give ourselves over to intercession, the Holy Spirit will take up a groaning or a moaning for you because we can see trouble around us. But what is the underlaying? What is the problem? Get to the root of the problem. There could be issues in our marriages, conflicts, division, things in our children that we can see with the natural eye. And it takes the Holy Spirit to take up an intercession for us in order to get the breakthrough. This is, again, something in my life that I had to encounter with God. So thank God he blessed me to marry well. The true story about part of my journey is my first husband died of an incurable disease. And I cared for him until he died. And so after he died, I didn't know if I was going to have this disease or not. I really didn't know my future. I literally didn't know. At the same time, I'm now in ministry, something I didn't ask for, but yet God called me to it. Thank you, Jesus. I learned I won't murmur. I won't complain, but I'll give it to you. Well, I had to go to the doctor every six months getting tested. So truly, seriously, what happened was I said to myself, I'll never marry again. I'll just be Anna in the temple. It's not what I wanted, but I said, okay. <laughs> I'll be Anna in the temple. Truly, that wasn't my heart. It wasn't what I really desired, but I had settled to it. Well, again, as I'm going before the Lord, so this man of God, you know, he started pursuing me. As I said, he said, everybody know. He got a story how we got together. I got a story, and my story is right. Everybody, 
<laughs> he'll declare I pursued him because I kept going to the restaurant. I was like, yeah, the food was good, but you kept coming, but the food was good, so we go. <laughs> well, when he kept pursuing me and I saw he was serious because I kept pushing him back, kept pushing him back. And the reason why, because I had too much shame. And the reason why is because I was too embarrassed. And I'd rather just everybody stay back. I'm good. I'll live my life. But this young man kept pursuing me. And so I'm going to God. And I'm trying to keep this straight face. And I'm making my intercession. And the Holy Spirit, there were times that the pain was so deep. I don't have words. How do you have words to talk about whether you're going to live or not? How do you have words to say, how do you go past grief, pain, and believe that there really is a life after this? How do you do that? How do you do that? I had no words. And so the tears were deep. And I needed the Holy Spirit pick up these infirmities. Carry me when I can't care. But I'll do what you ask me to do. And I'll minister every Sunday. But behind the scenes in my heart, everything was, I don't know, unanswered questions. So for the first time... The first time I had to actually say out of my mouth what my first husband passed of. He was pursuing me so heavily, and I was trying to make this dude back up. And I said to him, and I was weeping and crying, and I told him the condition. And I told him, you don't want me. I don't know if I'm going to live or die. I just don't know my future. This bad brother <laughs> squared his eyes with me, tears streaming down. He said, you will be my wife and you will have my children. He, he became a prophet immediately. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I took that word. I believed it. We got married. I'm still taking my tests. I'm still taking my case, my, my situation to God. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, you know my infirmities. You know my body. You know everything about me. We're going through, so here we are. We get to the doctor, one of those visits, because I kept the same doctor. She comes out, she's beak red. And I'm saying to myself, that's it. Everything is going down. That's okay. And I'm thinking to myself, true sir, I was saying to myself, that's okay, Jesus, that's okay. It's okay, at least I know you, and I'm going to heaven to be with Jesus. I'm psyching myself out. It's okay, I'm going, to, I'm going home to be with the Lord. I was just psyching myself out. It's okay, I can take it, I can take it, I can take it. And she came to me, she said, Tamara. And she had tears on her eyes. She said, honey... She said, you don't have the disease. Oh, okay, she said, but you are pregnant. Ah! Tell me the Lord won't do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. I need some praise up in this house. The Holy Spirit. The Lord said, for I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are good and not evil to give you your expected end. Thank God for the Holy Ghost making intercession and understanding what it is at the end. And the Lord have blessed our lives and blessed our marriage. And, and I'm, I, 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 I'm, what, 25 years now down the line, and God has still kept my body healed, kept my body whole. We have four children now. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? And so the cycles of prayer, I don't, they're not an option for me because it's worked. And I've watched God open doors. I've watched God shift some things for me. So when my back get up against the wall, I'm going in one of these cycles, one of these areas to understand how to get the breakthrough to the end. The last one I want to talk about is travail. 
And so the Bible says, or the, the spirit of travail is something painful, it's difficulty. It's something difficult, it's painful, it's burdensome, it's a toil. I feel the same thing in this service even greater than I did in, this, in the earlier service. And in the earlier service, the Holy Spirit said to me that there are people here. He said that I'm impregnating them. They're toiling. They're carrying something. He said that they have to understand it's a true travail. God will place things on you, burdens, people, communities, neighborhoods. He'll place things on you, your own children, that truth be told, what I had to own is I, he's called us to feel. Yeah, see, this world don't want to feel anything. The world just want to act like it's not my problem and put it in some sort of compartment. But I have accepted it's not my burden, it's his. It's not my battle, it's his. But I am to carry it full term. And so there's a travail that God will put. Let's talk about the story of Hannah, the familiar story of Hannah that was married to this wealthy man. He had, she had everything she could need, cars, houses, land, designer bags. She had everything she needed, but she didn't have a child. And Hannah got tired of the other wives mocking her and making fun of her. But instead of Hannah becoming bitter, before, before Hannah became revengeful, despiteful, because the truth is, sometimes, church, you let life, um, you think it's you that's supposed to handle life. Situations can happen in your life, and you don't feel that it's fair, or why did this happen to me? And instead of you taking it to God, you wear it, and now it goes into bitterness, and it goes into murmuring and complaining. And the truth is, God, if you called me, you called me to have a blessed and a happy life. Oh, let's stay with the word. You called me to have an abundant life and a great life. So now, Lord, Lord, have mercy. Now, Lord, show me my avenue to my breakthrough. So Hannah, instead of her letting these women make mockery of her, she took it to Jesus. And she took that whole burden. What is it? Whether it's your children, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your home, what is it that have happened? And you're carrying it. God said, I want you to take it to me. Not only carry it, take it to me. And so she began to weep. And weep because she was so burdened with it. We know what happened. The priest looked at her and said, yo, girl, why are you drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning? She said, I ain't drunk, first of all. <laughs> but I'm burdened with something. Yeah, God got some glory carriers in this house. You're glory carriers. You're carrying something. And so you're around people that you're trying to act normal when God keeps tugging you and pulling you. It's because he's trying to get your attention. Let's keep going with the story of Hannah. We're familiar with it. We know she took it to the priest. And then she brings forth the prophet to the world. She brings forth the prophet Samuel. What are you saying? I'm saying that that spirit of travail that God is placing on his individuals, on sons and daughters, you're carrying something that's going to shift things. You're carrying something greater than you. You're carrying something that is necessary in the body of Christ. You're carrying something in the kingdom, and you can never underestimate what God wants to do with you. And so travail is something that we carry it through. We birth it through until we see the end. I'm going to share this story, and then we're going to pray in Jesus' name. Another familiar scripture, and sir, I didn't have time to give it to them, but it's of the widow, one of my favorites. So the Bible said that the widow went to the judge and said to this unjust judge, 
I need you to avenge me of my adversary. He said, yeah, no, uh, next case. She said, uh-huh, all right. Judge comes out, he got his docket. All right, who's the friend? Same widow, I need you to avenge me of my adversary. No, get this, bailiff, get this woman out of here. The Bible said this widow wore the unjust judge out. Somebody liked to say like he was on his lunch break and she found out where he had his lunch with his friends. Excuse me, Your Honor, I need you to avenge me of my adversary. There's, I don't know how this widow, let's deal with the widow, meaning I'm helpless. Meaning if you don't help me, I can't get an answer. Meaning I don't have anybody to speak for me, fight for me. I'm a widow. The Bible says she wore the unjust judge out who did not fear God or man. She wore him out so that he said, what do you want, woman? Avenge me. Get rid of my enemy. Jesus said, how much more your heavenly father of the God's elect that ask him day and night, avenge me of my adversary. I'm here to tell this service today, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm not tired of you coming to me. I'm not tired of you asking me. I am going to avenge you of your adversary if you pray and not faint. Shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah. I need to hear you, hallelujah. There are gifts, there are ministries, there are situations that are happening in our city, within our family, within our mind, and the enemy want us to think that it's limited. There are sicknesses in our bodies that the enemy want us to settle to doctor reports. There are situations in our marriages that the enemy want us to settle. It must be over. But I hear the Holy Ghost saying, just as the unjust judge avenged the widow, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to avenge you. I need praise up in this house and let's get ready. I need praise and let's get ready. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. There is a harvest that God is saying, I need you to get comfortable with sharing with me. To our men of God, my husband loved to say, wives, we love Superman, but nobody wants to deal with Clark, 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 get. He said, you all wives want Superman. And sometimes we just need to be Clark Kent. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk to Clark Kent. Clark Kent gets in his supplication with God. And Clark, 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 just let me say Clark. Clark is the one <laughs> that can dethrone his superpowers and take off his robe and be transparent before the Lord and understand that the Lord sees you, understands you. Understand that the Lord wants nothing but the best. Understand that the Lord knows truly how much you can really handle. And what I love again about our supplications with God is because once you come out, you got angels standing there with your robe and saying, I shake it off. Let's put it back on and keep moving. That's what happens in the power of supplication. Our power of intercession is when we have run out of words, we know that the Holy Spirit's goal and his only, his only assignment is to take me to my end and bring me out a winner. That's what he does. 
And that's why he bears with us. And that's why he can go into our secret thoughts. And that's why when others don't understand us, I love the song that truly he can look beyond our thoughts. And he saw that we really just needed more of him. It's intercession. And then our travail. And then our travail. And that's those that are carrying something. You're burdened with something. I'm telling you as parents, don't give up on your children. The Lord said it earlier today, and I sense it again in this service. The Lord is saying, don't you give up on your children. I know you did all the right things, charter schools, private schools. You did what you needed to do, and then the enemy have come in and tried to switch your children. I hear the Lord saying, the devil is a liar. I don't you give up on your child. Shout hallelujah. To our young people, I never want you to underestimate your power. And I'm going to tell you what I tell all of our young adults. I love this environment today that it looks like anybody can tell anybody off. You can say whatever you want to say. I said this. Take advantage of the climate. And if ever you can be bold to talk about Jesus is right now. Y'all talking about everything else. So let me be bold and talk about Jesus. I'm saying to our young people, don't quench what you feel for your peers. Don't quench the burden that you feel when you're in your schools and in your colleges. No, don't get with every little lie and every little twisted word, but stand bold and take that burden. Start your own prayer ministry in the colleges. You don't know the burden that you're having that God is saying is leading to greatness. Uh, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. And we're going to pray. And we're asking the Lord. We want the Lord to know. Lord, I'm here, and I want you to take everything not like you, take it away. This is my beautiful musician. This is Kristen. I ask her to just come help me in this service. It's just a small part, and I don't know the whole song. I'm just going to sing the part that stays with me in this, Lord, take everything, because I don't want it, and I don't need it. This is where we are as believers with God, is we're being honest. Let's come for real with our supplication. Lord, your hand is on me. You've called me, you've chosen me. And so, Lord, I'm not going to act like I got it all together because I don't. So take everything. Take everything because I don't want it and I don't need it. So please take it. Take it, Jesus. You're talking to God. It's your supplication. The struggles... Yes, some struggles, some addictions, and all due respect, I've tried this, I've tried that. But you know what? I don't think I ever really gave it to you.
Cause I don't want it I don't need it God, you're telling the Lord Every I'm giving my heart to you, Jesus I'm giving my soul Need it Cause all I want, just want you Yes, I just want you. The altar's open. I just want you. I tell the Lord, I just want you. Make it right, Jesus. Make it right, Jesus. Uh, make it right, Jesus. Won't you change me, Jesus? Won't you change me? the secret things I want you to take the hidden things I don't need it it can't go with me this weight is too heavy for me I don't want it I don't need it I just want you help me Jesus I want to be led, I want to know you. 
taken away, Jesus. Everything I like you, Jesus. Everything I like you, Jesus. Everything I like you, Jesus. I pour out my soul. I pour out my soul. I pour out my soul before you, Jesus. I pour out my soul before you, Jesus. That's all I really want. I just want you to please you, Jesus. I just want you to walk over right before you. I just want you. Ah, I just want you. Can I do it right for you, Jesus? I need you to get the glory. <laughs> I need you to get the glory. I need you to get the glory. Get the glory out of my life, Jesus. for me 
Father, now, every one of these souls, Father, we leave them in thy care. Father, we speak the blessing over every life. We speak the blessing. We speak the blessing. We speak life. Mm. We speak abundant life. Mm. Mm. Life. Life. Mm. Life. 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 Abundant life. Mm. I just want you, as we're about to close, there's somebody in some sort of a physical condition. You're still at the altar. You're still talking to God. There's a physical condition that um, it's not that you've said, okay, it's what the doctor said or whatever, but I heard the Lord said, tell them that I need them to declare I will live and not die and declare the wondrous works of the Lord. I don't know who you are, but the Lord said, I came for you to have life and I need you to start living and declaring life. The healing in the body from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, look for supernatural powers, look for the healing virtue of God the Lord said declare I shall live and not die and declare the wondrous works of the Lord you've made your intercession now you trust him and believe him to pick up those burdens and infirmities let's give our king some praise he's here live and not die live and not die